right, welcome to the Bull Rush. This is episode 29. I'm Ty Miller. Tonight, I'm joined by Dynasty Frank. What's going on, man? What up, homie? You know, last week we did the NFC East. Tonight, we're doing the AFC East with our good friend and original listener, Andy Singleton. What's up, Andy? Absolutely correct. I was listening when nobody else was. You were listening before we were listening. I was. I was. We're talking about the AFC East because your team is in the AFC East, the New York Jets. Yeah. And uh, as we were doing research, because we have like a we're like real professional, we have like a Google Doc with like topics and stuff. And stuff. And, yeah. and, and stuff. And we realized that this division is horrendous. Terrible. There's like four, four, five fantasy worthy players, and there's like four teams. It's horrendous. Yeah. Hey, look at who's here. Hold on, hold on. Pause the show. We were just now joined by Scott Fish. <laughs> What's going on, guys? <laughs> we were just getting going, Scott. This, this oh. is like a Bigfoot sighting. Oh, wow, wow. I figure you would have used the open of the show to uh, rip on J.H.I. before I got in. No, we wanted to do that to your face. Oh, perfect, perfect. That's awesome. New York Jets, oh, land of seven and nine. How's it going? Oh, <laughs> truth, truth. Scott comes on late and spits fire. That's it, perfect. Andy, your response. My response is I heard the episode last week and uh, easily could have substituted myself calling 911 with Frank. After the Hackenberg play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I believe it. So, I believe it. How long is this show? Because, I mean, AFC East, literally 30 seconds is probably all we're going to need here. Yeah, it's draft Gronk, log off. That's <laughs> stop. <laughs> that is pretty pretty true, it seems like. It's, it's, it's that draft. And, and there's your T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's Kenny Darter. Right? Isn't he a draft luck, draft gronk, log off? Yeah. Yep. So did you guys, uh, what did you guys start with? Where Nothing. am I jumping in? Nothing. Intros. Intros. No. That's Just it. waiting for uh, Andy to tell me how he feels about his Jets. I'm just in the question on purpose. Um, <laughs> I, what can I tell you? Uh, we, how do you feel about him? We reached for a quarterback that possibly shouldn't even have been drafted. Uh, we can't find the money to sign the only guy who's been a good quarterback in this town since Mark Sanchez. Uh, yes, I said it. Um, For your team, you're saying. <laughs> Not this town, your team. No, this town. No. <laughs> no, you'd, you'd, you'd give up your left arm for Eli Manning on the Jets. I'd oh. give up my left arm for Eli Apple right now. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that wow. is the depths of hell the Jets are, are have become. They are. You know, I mean, it, it like ruins all the excitement of what happened last year, signing Matt Forte. I mean, it's just, it's it's sad. It really is. <laughs> I have sad. no other word. There's not even any, I mean, Brady is going to be suspended after he kind of, you know, weaseled his way out of it last year, and there's still, like, not much optimism. Didn't Eric Decker just come out and say that he he expects Fitzpatrick to be signed in July? Wow. I would I you know it's I think they got to get rid of Wilkerson before they can sign him. Yeah. I, I don't know how else you can do it. Okay, so Andy, it really kind of sounds like you are uh, you're at where I was a few years ago with the Titans. Not even a few years, I'd say two years ago with the Titans. 
you, you know, it's unfortunate because this team actually really is pretty good. They're just missing, like, the key ingredient to a, a successful football team. Yeah. They have, like, every other part but the one you actually need to drive the car. Yeah, besides the most important part. Right. Dude, so, I love the Matt Forte signing, though. I, 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 I love him there. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, Brandon Marshall was an absolute steal. Yeah. Fine. They should have made the playoffs last year. I'm not even that bitter about it, really. You, know? you really should have. I was watching the final week of the season with uh, a buddy of mine from New York. He's a big Jets fan, too, and we were just shaking our heads. But he's like, we're used to it. This is this is what happens. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, what, it's just, if it's if it's Geno Smith, I, <laughs> I might give up. Yeah, I might look for a new team. <laughs> All right. So just like last week, we did the NFC East breakdown. We're gonna do the AFC East breakdown this week with Andy. And uh, the different angle on this is we've been focusing a lot on dynasty this whole off season. So now we're gonna kind of. Slide right into some redraft talk. So this is only for 2016. And we're going to go back to the reach around, which if you're unfamiliar, uh, we look at ADP, where a player might be going, and who you might be willing to reach around to get them. So I'm going to start with the guest, Andy. Who would you reach around for? We're really going out on a limb here, but my AFC East reach around is one of my favorite guys from last year, uh, Carlos Williams, in this weak-ass division. There's a lot to like there, right? Yeah, I love there. Yeah, I love Carlos. I love Carlos Williams. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Carlos Williams. Ty's a big, big fan of Carlos Williams as well. Yeah. Um, the kid's a beast. The kid's a beast, and uh, I mean, he's backing up Lashawn McCoy, who, I mean, spoiler alert, happens to be my reach around guy. But whenever Carlos Williams was in the game, um, you could just tell that. Uh, the guy's not afraid of contact. Um, he's aggressive. Uh, I, I I agree with you, Andy. I I love I love uh, Carlos Williams. I really, in that backfield, there there's really nobody else like him. You know, you have Mike Gillisley and now Jonathan Williams, who I could see like playing the Lashawn McCoy role. But Carlos Williams is the banger. I mean, that dude is a beast. He's what like 240 pounds, isn't he? Something like that, six one, two forty. So he's, I mean, he's, what's that? He's the kind of He's the kind of back racks like, you know. Exactly. Uh, he, he can be a three-down guy. You know, he can catch the ball out of backfield. I'm just curious, not to go off of my reach around, but I mean, from whatever limited early data we have, Carlos Williams is going somewhere around the seventh round, from what I saw. McCoy's going somewhere around the third round. So, yeah. what are you reaching around to grab in the third well, round? Well, I, I obviously <laughs> my ADP. Where'd you get third round? Well, my guy is LaShawn McCoy, right? So uh, I saw him going in the fifth round. Now, I'm okay with him in the fifth round. In the fourth round, bottom of the fourth round, all right. You know, like that's a reach around, I guess. But uh, the guy played 12 games last year, right? And uh, in those 12 games, he he uh, combined over 100 yards eight times. In the split between him and Carlos Williams, he's dominated the um, – the carries and uh, the, the the snap share. So I think Rex loves to run the ball. I mean, they were second in the league with 509 rushing plays. Even if Carlos Williams, I think these both both these players could succeed. But I think Rex kind of kind of trusts McCoy uh, more. Um, he was 12th in the league in rushing at 895 yards. I mean, that was again only in 12 games. 
Um, he was fifth in the league on opportunity share, which is the percent, percentage of total team carries and targets with 72, 72.4%. Mm-hmm. Um, when he plays, they, they seem to trust him. So um, I, I can see in the, fourth, in the fourth round, fifth round, for uh, LaShawn McCoy, I think that's a safer, especially in redraft. I think in Dynasty, he might be going in the eighth round or ninth round. And going after Carlos, I believe. Yeah, yeah, which is, I mean, listen, I'm a big Carlos fan. Don't get me wrong, but I, I still prefer McCoy to Carlos. Not much, but I still, I still do. Uh, I just trust him a little bit more. That's all. I I trust him more because I feel like the Buffalo Bills and Rex Ryan trust trust him more. Hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Scott? What do you think of that backfield? <laughs> I think for the next year or two, it's still going to be Lashawn McCoy. So I'm probably more with Frank about uh, who I'd want to draft. Uh, and if we're going for 2016, I don't know that I'd reach around for Lashawn McCoy. I I think I saw what Andy saw that McCoy was third round, like mid third round, uh, for for redraft. Uh, maybe maybe Dynasty. He's later. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'd probably want McCoy, uh, at his, I'm, I'm okay with McCoy at his current value in, in, uh, redraft. Carlos Williams, I think he's going to be inconsistent. He's, I don't know that I'd, I'd love reaching for him, but if McCoy goes down, he's really, really, really worth it, I think. So, uh, I totally get that. Um, just not really two guys I'm targeting too often, but I think their, their price tags are, are, are okay. I, I think it was the uh, FF calculator uh, that I saw. That's what I looked on. So Andy and I looked at the same thing. Shit, I could have sworn I looked at the same thing. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I got it all wrong, guys. We're right. Um, you know, I want to add, though, uh, McCoy might and probably should outcarry Williams, but I still think he's going to be more of a goal linebacker uh, and potentially score more touchdowns than he did last season. So... If you're looking for a tiebreaker between the two, uh, that would be a nice one. Yeah. To well, I mean, I, Carlos had nine touchdowns last year, and McCoy had five. So I hear what you're saying. Like I said, I like. I'm I'm a fan of Carlos Williams. <laughs> yeah, it's know. all about it's all about McCoy staying healthy. Because if he can stay healthy, I mean, Carlos isn't going to get the extra bump in in touches. Uh, Lashawn McCoy is still the PPR back to own there. Uh, I, I love Carlos Williams also. Um, I think as far as, like, McCoy's probably going where he should be. I think it's, like, into the third round is where I saw on uh, MFL 10 ADP. But I think uh, Carlos Williams, where he's going, like, seventh, eighth round, I mean, for his, I mean, he's still getting, he's producing points as the secondary running back, and he has that upside where he'll be the stud if McCoy goes down. Yeah, you guys are all right. I'm, I just double-checked. He's going in the third round. Why did I think he was the fifth round? Son of a uh, Have you checked the road of his splits on uh, when M- McCoy's injured? Like, how Carlos, how Carlos did while McCoy was actually healthy? I'd be interested to know that. Okay, yeah, so it looks like Carlos Williams, according to the, the road of his uh, game splits app, he played eight games with McCoy. And he averaged about 10 fantasy points. That's PPR points. Uh, he played three games without McCoy, and he averaged 15 fantasy points. So a five fantasy point bump when McCoy was out. So what you're saying is Carlos Williams still averaged 10 PPR points a game with McCoy in over eight games. Yeah, yeah. Man, if if you're a guy, if you're a guy who pushes uh, running backs back, doesn't doesn't get them early. Man, 10 points a game out of 
any running back you can get that late uh, in redraft. That's that's really nice. Right. Yeah, so it looks like, okay, so um, LaShawn McCoy's game splits, he had eight games with Carlos Williams playing, and he averaged 15.5 fantasy points. He had four games with Carlos out, and he averaged 13.9. So he actually saw a dip in fantasy points when Carlos Williams was out. Uh, I, 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 with four games, oh, man, I, I could probably look up the matchups, but maybe it's a couple tough matchups. Or, or sure. maybe, maybe even when he played, he was actually you know, really hurting or coming back from injury or whatever. Right. Uh, it's hard to tell with a four-game sample size. But, uh, yeah, I find the most interesting part is that Carlos still – like, Carlos was still scoring ten a game with McCoy in. That team, yeah. that team is really devoted to the run. So I think the they're run. both pretty, really, really viable. Well, what kind of stands out to me is that uh, there was a looks like a nine receiving yard difference on average in those uh, between the the games Carlos played and the ones he didn't. So I'm wondering because Tyrod Taylor missed a game or two also. So I'm wondering if maybe Tyrod was out at the same time. You know, it, it sounds to me like. Carlos Williams is the MVP of the crowded backfield, and this is the greatest reach-around pick of all time. It sounds, it sounds to me like there are so many ancillary issues uh, going on last year. We need to throw 2015 out and throw darts at a dartboard and hope we're right. That's right. right. I agree with Scott. <laughs> yeah, um, that goes back to this division, which can we just reach around the whole division? Yeah, wow. Well, can we fall around? Yeah, did did well, you did you uh, did you tell the listeners that we did our little four four person draft? I did not. You want to tell them? Oh yeah, we're we're doing little uh, best ball drafts with our guests. We're drafting six players from the division. Uh, so you know it, the draft order was Frank, Ty, me, and Andy, and we did just a six round. Draft, you know, QB running back, two wide receivers, the tight end, and a flex. We're gonna play it out, but I think by the mid third, <laughs> we were we were pretty much out of players we even wanted to own. <laughs> I'm like, no what lie. the hell is left? Robert Woods? Yeah. Right. What? You get like 10, 12 picks in, and you're done. You don't even want anybody in the AFC East. <laughs> yeah, it is yeah. the truth. All right, so I'm going to go on to my reach around, and the player I would reach around for is Ryan Tannehill. Didn't expect to do this, but I will. I didn't expect it either because he's yeah. bad. Yeah, I didn't that's... expect it either because you wrote down Brandon Marshall. Uh, you got to keep, <laughs> keep keep it moving, right? All right, so uh, all right, so he's currently being drafted as the quarterback 21, which is around the late 12th round, and he is ironically between Tyrod Taylor and Joe Flacco. Uh, so it seems like most of the fantasy community thinks Miami is loaded with receiving talent, and I do agree. So theoretically, that means Tannehill should be in for a big season, right? <laughs> I was just thinking, like, over the last three seasons, he has at least 585 attempts, and his passing yards has improved, have improved by about 200 yards each of those seasons. So with Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker, and now they just added Leontay Carew, um, along with Jay Ajayi, who is an excellent receiving back? I could see him breaking yes, that, that 4,500 passing yards and maybe, maybe 30 touchdown mark, which would be about what three or four more than he threw last year. So if he does reach those numbers, I really think he could end up being one of the top QB steals, especially according to his latest average draft position. I I missed it. I was looking something up. Uh, what what was his ADP? Uh, QB 21. He's the late 12th round. 
Oh wow! So like wow. end of the end of the QB twos, he's going. That's yeah, that between, is that is really good value for a guy with that many weapons and that much upside. Yeah, between Tyrod Taylor and Joe Flacco. <laughs> I, I this is so dumb, but I was just trying to look up Tyrod Taylor's ADP and I typed in Ty God because it's the truth. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even joking. I did. I'm like, why can't it find? Oh. <laughs> I, I'm typing in the name. Tyrod. Hundred, hundred percent serious. I'm, I'm not joking. I, I actually wrote Ty God into the search. So MFL needs to add him, right? <laughs> yeah, just make that update. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So these are the players we, uh, we'd reach around for. Scott, do you have one? No, I, I didn't. I didn't get one done. Okay. No problem. <laughs> I was a little. Well, I was, I was busy today. I was very busy today. I, I I will comment on all of you, your guys' great, amazing takes. <laughs> well, going back to ties, I like Tannehill. I mean, he was ninth in the league in passing. Uh, his completion percentage percentage was twentieth with sixty two percent. I I, I want to say I like Ryan Tannehill because of the weapons he has. I just I just don't like him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, but going in the twelfth round, I guess in between, I like Flacco more. I know everybody hates Flacco, and it's but he's so elite. Um, it's great, but I think I'd rather have Flacco to be honest with you, Tressman. But twelfth round, Tannehill starting. I mean, he didn't miss a snap last year. He played every single snap. He had forty-two hundred yards. Um, now, so, now he's got Parker for the whole season and Carew. That's true. That's yeah. true. And Kenny Stills is, you know, meh. And you can get 10, 10 11 rounds of non-quarterbacks and then get him and Tyrod in the 11th and 12th. And then you, and I would take that. I would yeah, take I'd that. Take that You're right. You're yeah. right. Oh, and to defend me not not picking a player, uh, not not having time today to pick uh, any players, um, there aren't enough players in the AFC East worth picking. <laughs> Just just... <laughs> you, know what, you, you saw AFC East and you're like, all right, whatever. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I did not realize this division was this depleted of fantasy like starters until we did that draft and you guys started talking about it. It's it's really bad. It's a defensive division. Yes, it's a defensive division. I, I want to talk about Tannehill real quick, though. I actually had him as like one of my top five QBs last year. I had all this, you know, warm, fuzzy feelings about him. Kind of like what you just mentioned now with all these great receivers. Now you add Carew to it. And Drake. He's a good receiver, too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think that was kind of a reach. But, yeah, I had him as top five. And he finishes, what was it, QB 17. So I, I, I'm a little, you know, scarred by that. And um, yeah, I'm that's a- how we feel about Stafford. I was pounding the table for Matthew Stafford. Top five, top five. He's young. He throws. He's got Calvin Johnson, and then he sucks like the last two years. I'm like, what the, f- what the hell, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I know how you feel. I have a, I have a nasty taste. I can't stand Matthew Stafford now, but I used to love Matthew Stafford. So maybe that's, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that's how maybe how you feel about. Tannehill, because no, I, I mean, I I really like Jarvis Landry. I love Devontae Parker. Um, I even like Carew a lot. I mean, Carew scores at a James Jones type of rate, which we know you love, right? It's fifty-four touchdowns a year, guaranteed. <laughs> it up. I mean, it's a floor. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just I, I just can't get on board with that. I have the same feeling with Jay Ajayi. He's like, yeah, everything's written. You know, for him to emerge and be this, you know, workhorse. But I, I just, I don't know. I can't, I can't 
seem to get the courage to sign up for that. There, there is a lot of risk there. I know that I joke about JHI because I loved him as a prospect coming out. And <laughs> before the draft, I joked that I was busting Frank's balls joking that JHI was better than Lamar Miller. That was a joke, listeners, <laughs> by the way. That was was a it, joke. though? Was it, Scott? <laughs> yeah. Lamar Miller has done a lot in the NFL. JHI has done nothing. What is I it? Every joke has a, has, a, has a lining of truth in it, right? It's a, it's a little I, bit of truth. When I said Jeremy, there were 45 running backs in the draft better than Jeremy Langford, that was also a joke. <laughs> we like to tell jokes on here sometimes. <laughs> no, there. I, I was offended by that one actually. <laughs> I do. I do. I did love Ajayi as a prospect, and I had a huge Debbie crush on him. But I realized there is a lot of risk. I mean, he had a couple of good games. Uh, he had a couple of good runs, but he looked bad at times too, and he would hurt again. Uh, I man, there there are there's a lot of risk there. I admit there's a lot of risk there, and we don't know how what they have planned for Kenyon Drake. Uh, I think he's a good ca- pass catcher and explosive, but I totally agree with you, um, Andy, that I thought he was going to be a day three pick. I thought that was a reach, but it, it doesn't mean I I still think he's ta- plenty talented and that they can uh, u- utilize him. Well, speaking of Jay Ajayi, Ty, would you read the next uh, part four of our Google Doc? Yes. Uh, let's go on to biggest bust potential, and I'll start with Frank. I hate you guys so much. <laughs> My biggest bust potential would be Jay Ajayi. <laughs> like the guys were just saying they did all the work for me. I mean, he's going in the, the end of the fifth round, and, I mean, the top five rounds, you're looking for starters. You want guys that are on the field, and... Like we were just saying, like the guys were just saying, that's a lot of faith to put in a guy with uh, nothing behind him, no credentials whatsoever. This is going to be his first year starting, uh, taking the the reins over for Lamar Miller, the god. And uh, he's got bone-on-bone issues in one of his knees. Um, I know we don't – I hate I hate projecting injuries like because that's just like lazy because anybody can get injured. But he already came in to the league injured, I guess, or with a condition. So mm-hmm. – with the fifth, the the end of the fifth, I mean, he's going ahead of Melvin Gordon, which really isn't saying anything, actually. <laughs> uh, Jamir Abdullah. Giovanni Bernard. Like, for instance, Giovanni Bernard is going in the seventh round. He's going, what, 20, almost 20 picks after Jay Ajayi. I think I'd rather have Giovanni Bernard, especially in the PPR. This is going to shock your listeners. This is going to shock your listeners, but I agree with you. And I cannot Boom. argue anything you didn't you said. I really can't. For I, once. <laughs> I, I I we all everyone knows I love JHI and I love him as a prospect, but I realize the risk and I'm still buying. I'm still buying. I'm still a believer, but I, I understand what you're saying. I can't argue. Yeah. I mean, I want to go on record. I like JHI. I think I mean, dynasty-wise, I want him. Just redraft because it's a one one and done. You know, this is one year type of thing. You want the best players scoring this year. So, but honestly, where he's going uh, by that point, there's running backs dry up quick. Yes. And yeah. and if you wait on running backs, that man. There, there are a few. If you can get a, guys like Ajayi and and Geo, that's a lot of upside that late. If you if you pass on running back, especially for how how quickly they dry up. Right. Can I go on record and say didn't I get badgered for mentioning a player outside of the AFC East? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
my my player outside of the AFC East was in reference to the ADP of the oh, okay. So just saying, you know. Andy, who is your biggest bust for 2016? Uh, my biggest bust was your original reach around, Mr. Brandon Marshall. Ooh, absolutely love this guy, and I'm happy he's on the Jets. However, however, he's being drafted somewhere around wide receiver 12. Yeah, end of second, early third. Yeah, that's why I changed him from my my uh, reach around. I wasn't gonna pay a first or a second for him. And that's why I think he's about. I mean, let's 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 just let's play uh, worst case scenario. Ooh, I love this game. Fitzpatrick doesn't get resigned, and Gino Gino Hackenberg is oh, all around. <laughs> How quickly does Brandon Marshall just give up on playing football <laughs> at 32 years old? Um, you know, and I'm not even alluding to any, you know, um, psychotic shit. You're right. not alluding to him being psychotic. Hey, Mr. Forte, I'm sorry for telling you to sign here, but let's go to the club. Let's just get the fuck out of here. Oh, sorry. Um, oh, you're right. No, listening. you can you can swear. <laughs> our, our seven listeners are okay with right. it. Right. Andy, I don't appreciate you swearing, okay? <laughs> I try to run. <laughs> I try to, you, got... <laughs> I try to, you know, reframe it on my show. A lot more class than this one. Um, but, <laughs> A lot of funny things have been said on this show in the in the last oh. year. I think Frank <laughs> telling someone that he doesn't appreciate this way might be that's I'm I'm not gonna forget that. That's great. <laughs> on the outtakes, real Brandon Marshall, man. I can't. I, I... And you, as a Jets fan, I mean, you you think you'd be higher on Brandon Marshall, but you're not. Is is there something you see in the games at all, or the like a, a decline that? Isn't really noticing on the stat sheet, noticeable on the stat sheets, because Fitzgerald was just really, really hot last year. Or, mm-hmm. um, or is it more of a just you're afraid that the worst case scenario is more possible than people think it is? At the price he's going in the second round, early third round, I'd much rather have somebody else. I don't even know who else is going there as a wide receiver, but I don't, right, I don't he's going to... just just for some reference here. He's going ahead of Sammy Watkins, Keenan Allen, Demaryius Thomas, no. Julian Edelman, Brandon Cooks. How? That really? is not no, nah, no. That that I'm can't telling be you, I'm looking at it right now. He's going at 212. Then comes Mark Ingram. He's also he's tied at 212. A 25th overall uh, Mark Ingram. Uh, 302 Sammy Watkins, 303 Keenan Allen, LaShawn McCoy, Matt Forte, Demarius Thomas, Julian Edelman, Kelvin Benjamin, Cam Newton, and Brandon Cooks. You know, Jeremy Langford's going in the third round? What the hell is wrong with people? You know what's crazy, though, is that we're shocked that he's going in front of Edelman. But he went in front of Edelman in our little four-man six-round draft. So no, I, I would put him ahead of Edelman. Edelman. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't no, put Edelman, him ahead yeah. of Keenan Allen or Demarius Thomas, though. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Or Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I. I wonder if it's just a lot of redraft. We have such a dynasty mindset that sometimes that seeps into our redraft drafting. And yeah, I'm, you're right. So maybe 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 redrafters just really love uh, Brandon Marshall, and they, he's he's their hype train. You know. So. Right. Keenan Allen was blowing shit up he was, last he year was before awesome. he got injured. Yeah. I mean, he was amazing, and he's going in the early third round ahead, yeah. uh, behind Brandon Marshall. Yeah, I remember looking. It was probably like 
I don't know, like week 14 or something. I remember looking, and Keenan Allen was still a top 24 wide receiver, and he had been weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that because I traded him away. I'm like, what did I do? What did I do? But, yeah, I, I agree with you, Andy. Brandon Marshall, in the, at the end of the second round, uh, especially what's going on at quarterback, at quarterback uh, in the other Jets. You know, I'm actually, as far as Brandon Marshall goes, I'm not too worried about the quarterback. Um, the way he, he runs his routes, the way he plays. Like, he does, you know, of course he gets the occasional nine route, but he does a lot of short curls and everything, you know. Um, I think that he doesn't have to have a spectacular quarterback to produce fantasy points. I mean, yeah, of but, course you're going to want somebody that's going to throw to him accurately, but right, I, I do think he could still pass, what, 85 balls, 90 balls? And and I, I certainly agree with that. And, you know, not to start going down narrative street even though this will sound like it, but it, it really comes down to all the others. Just how quickly does he get frustrated if things get off to a bad start and uh, just kind of checks out. I mean, Calvin just retired at 30, and this guy just turned 32. He's not getting any younger. Um, you know, he's got the Showtime show going. I'm not Whoa. trying Brandon Marshall has a Showtime show? I didn't know about this. Did yeah, he has an NFL Sunday night or something like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's a yeah. boomer. Uh, Boomer Esiason, him. I think Ed Reed is on there too, right, Andy? Ed Reed and oh um, man, oh, and Adam Shine. Adam Shine does it as well. Oh, sweet, Adam Shine. I used to listen to him on Sirius. I I like Adam Shine a lot. Yeah, oh, Adam Shine's good. awesome. He does inside the NFL now too. Be a local New Yorker. Yeah, I I'm actually wow. But now that I know that, I'm kind of with Andy. I'm always a little fearful of the receivers, not just receivers, but players that start doing that off the field stuff late in their career. Yeah, I mean, he did it last year, and he had a he had a, a sixty sick season last year. I mean, he was he was on the he would play the football game and then go on. I think it's inside the NFL, right, Andy? And, and yeah, and they would talk with them. But uh, yeah, that was cool. I like to see him on there. But I, I totally agree with you, Andy. I think he's going way too early and. Um, <clears throat> There's just question marks. And again, keep in mind, we were choosing from the six eligible AFC. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is. Yeah. People need to keep that in mind. There's. There's not a lot to choose from. So. <laughs> yeah. Here's an example of that. My biggest bust for 2016 is rookie wide receiver for the Patriots, Malcolm Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. You're, you're picking. You're picking a rookie wide receiver for the Patriots. As a bust, that's as a bust. That seems like low hanging fruit, my man. Oh, it's <laughs> yeah, all low hanging. That's all we have here. That's all we have. But, but but here's the truth about that. There's a lot of hype around him. That's there's, exactly. There's, yeah, a lot of hype around him for, man. Uh, our boy uh, Nathan Tish was talking about how receivers have trouble getting that that system in general, and he had trouble getting it in Georgia. So. Uh, the the thoughts that he can be able to pick up uh, pick up New England system in his first year, yeah, I, I agree with you. I kind of cut you off, Ty, before you went into no, it. No, no, so you're fine. You... I mean, there was actually something that I I'd read about him was that you know in uh, I think it was in the the Boston Globe how they thought that Malcolm Mitchell could be different because they think he could be able to pick up the playbook. But I mean, the reason I'm going at him as a bust. Uh, and it's not that I don't like him. Like I like him in Dynasty, not in redraft for 2016. And uh, I know he was one of reception perception creator Matt Harmon's favorite wide receivers in this class. Um, for those who caught, I think it was episode 20 Matt was on, uh, he was really sending a lot of love towards Mitchell. 
But and once Sterling added, Shepard. yeah, well, of course, <laughs> yeah, definitely Sterling Shepard. Giants, New um, York Giants, New York Giants, awesome. That's the NFC East, Frank. We're talking about oh, AFC sorry. East. Damn it. Sorry, sorry. Right, so, yeah. So anyway, you add in the Patriots, right? They drafted him. It's been well documented now, and you have a hype train. So he's he's going. You know, I'm going to touch on the dynasty angle of this. He's going 15th overall in dynasty rookie drafts. And I know this is, you know, just with 2016 in mind, but I think that's, you know, his draft position there as a rookie says a lot of how people are perceiving his value. And so now you add in some news recently about Danny Amendola's slow recovery because he had knee and ankle surgery this offseason, and he could possibly miss some time in training camp, which I saw, like, Evan Silva. I forget a couple other ones. I think um, Fantasy Douche was talking about how you know, they're, they're kind of concluding that this will lead to more snaps for Malcolm Mitchell, and they may be right, but I'm kind of skeptical about it. Um, also, you got to take into account that Tom Brady will probably be gone for the first quarter of the season, which could affect the rapport later in the year. So it's not that I don't like Malcolm Mitchell for the future. I'm just a little uh, skeptical for 2016. Right. I mean, as Dynasty guys, we love Malcolm Mitchell. I mean, there's hardly anybody that really does it, that hates Malcolm Mitchell, you know? Right. Um, I don't expect him to do anything this year, but with the off season and later on in the season, I think he he'll get some playing playing time later on in the season. I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to contribute in 2017 and might actually be really good. Their wide receiver one or two. Um, but uh, I, I agree as far as the biggest bus potential. I don't know where he's going. To be honest with you, his uh, ADP in redraft. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't, you know, my basis was not on ADP because I have no idea right now. It was just on the, the hype that I'm hearing about him. Yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, is, is all the hype surrounding him Tom Brady, Bill Belichick related? Or, I mean, would you rather have him or would you rather have his former college teammate, Chris Conley? I think I'd opt for Conley if I had the choice between the two. And, and I know there have been good things said about him, as you mentioned, you know, Matt and his in the reception perception model, that kind of stuff. But, uh, I, I just I think the hype is more driven by just the, like you said the disbelief in Amendola and the belief in Brady and the Belichick system. So, I mean, any any New England Patriot, I'm sorry to say, has to get a bump in value because they're on the New England Patriots because of Tom Brady because uh, Bill Belichick's gonna find a way to ex- to ex- expose defenses with their strengths. So if Malcolm Mitchell, if Bill Belichick sees Malcolm Mitchell does well on outs, let's just say, or over the middle, he's gonna find a way to exploit him. And that's because Bill Belichick's the best coach in the league. You know, he's not. We all know that Bill Belichick will adjust his game plan to his players. You know what I mean? So. If Malcolm Mitchell can get this playbook down, I don't think it's beyond the possibility that uh, Bill Belichick will find a way where for him to use him where he'll succeed. But there's a, a lot of a lot of steps that need to take place before that that can actually happen. Yeah, and you know, like what's what's funny to me when we're talking about the Patriots, I cannot get past Brandon LaFell, like being a sleeper for like three years in a row. <laughs> you know, it's just like. <laughs> Everybody's on to Brandon LaFell. He's such a cheap buy, and he's for the Patriots, and he, it never really panned out. You know, I'm and I'm. I think Malcolm Mitchell is a better better wide receiver, but it's still the point. You know, and you just get that Patriot bump. Yeah, yeah man, it it would be kind of fun to you you know like their sandwich draft and uh, their sandwich mock and movie mock and all that. It'd almost be fun to do a 
overhyped Patriots receiver slash tight end mock. Right, and they historically like sucked at drafting wide receivers. That yeah. that could go rounds upon rounds. Sudfeld. <laughs> yeah, but wouldn't that wouldn't that apply to your boy Nasty Nate, Mr. Washington? Now, yeah, I like Nate Washington. Now in New England, we're all agreeing with you about Malcolm Mitchell being a bust. No, why do I feel like we were advocating for him? Then? <laughs> no, we're, we're trying to temper expectations, basically, for this year, because that's a redraft. That's a redraft question. But I, he was just saying, Andy, Ty, you suck. Malcolm Mitchell was a horrible, horrible pick. <laughs> right, right. That's crazy. Uh, I'm no, sorry. I just had a Franco moment. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we we uh, jumped over. Will not own. Yeah, let's go back yeah. to uh, players we will not own in 2016. Let's start with Andy. This is, would be Gino. Because <laughs> he sucks. Next player. <laughs> right, Frank. Okay, okay, okay. Let, let's, I, I mean, Gino says this is probably not someone who's getting drafted too often. Let's say that, <laughs> let, let's say, let's say that, let's say Fitzpatrick does not come back. Gino Smith is named the starter. Let, let's say that's the scenario. Still, you would not own Geno Smith, not not putting any you know, order, dimes in that piggy bank or whatever? <laughs> let's stick with a player that you guys seem to like that I will not own, and that would be J.H.I.E. You're hurting, Scott. I know. That was um, intentional. I'm yeah. going to take a break, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Go me why it. you won't own J.H.I.E. Um, some, pretty much the exact Opposite reasons why you guys will own Jay. Well, he's um, my biggest bust potential, so I think we're on the same page here, Andy. Yeah, I, I think I think you and Frank are on the same page. Actually, I think I think it's a pretty split crowd for Jay. But yeah, I I I I, I understand the argument to not it, own Jay. I, I don't mean, I shouldn't say I would absolutely not own him. I mean, if he falls to me like you know, like one of the last you know two or three rounds. Oh my god. I know. We're talking about so round nineteen or twenty. I was drinking water and I nearly choked on it. Oh my god. Yeah, but so imagine this. Imagine they sign Arian Foster and Kenyon Drake looks good in camp. I mean I could see him sliding pretty far. I well, don't think Arian okay. does anything for JJ. I'm sorry. I still want JJ between the two, to be honest. Man, so JJ is basically your version of my Monty Ball. Who, when he came out, I never thought he'd be an NFL back. I did not. I know he looked great in college. I didn't think he was going to be a quality NFL back. And so that that's your JHI. You just you don't see anything in him, uh, and and that's fine. But is that is that pretty fair that you just you just don't see anything for him? <coughs> no, I, I, I see something in him, uh, just not you know where I'm going to have to go to get him. You know, so like I said, unless unless just by some stroke of luck, people, whatever league I'm drafting in, all right. going to see his sticker. You know, let, 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 let's go over this. I, I have to go into this in JHI. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So, okay, you you are in the – you're at the end of the fifth round. That's his ADP. Okay, so you have no running backs. Yes, he will you, not be my first one. You have you have three wide. Let's say you went Gronk in the first, and then three wide receivers. Let's just say that's your team. Who do you go for there? Are you going for Melvin Gordon over Jai? I'd probably go for a fourth wide receiver before both of those guys. Okay, so you're gonna go another round. Chris Ivory. 
I'd probably have a fifth wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> Amir Abdullah? Yeah, I'm starting to get into desperation at the moment at this point, but I'd probably have a second tight end. Okay. Gio Bernard? Didn't you guys tell me how much I should be loving him before? There you go. There's my RB1. So you get Gio and Carlos, you're good. There you go. Yeah, yeah well, I, I guess, yeah, you'll be you'll be studded out at wide receiver. You'll have a lot of wide receivers. But, yeah, I'm just, I'm just thinking about all the running backs in that area. I mean, I understand Gio's there, and he's probably pretty good. And, and uh, if you have faith in, like, a Derrick Henry, uh, yeah, a Carlos Williams – but there's just not a lot of backs in his area that I prefer over Ajayi, I think is is my my argument. But I totally I understand your point. And and I and I and I totally get what you're saying. And I think it really comes down to uh, specifics. I mean if if you're talking about a league that is very active in trading, yeah, I'm absolutely drafting five wide receivers before him and trading you one of those wide receivers in week one, two, three for the running back you can part with as opposed to taking a giant. I, I, if I'm in a league that doesn't trade as much, you know, the situation can change. But there's a lot of variables to it. I personally, I don't want to be the guy left holding the bag with the giant. Wow. Huh. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I could dig a giant. I like it. Just, Scott, I'm with you. I like a giant. He was my third running back last year coming out. I like a giant. It's just where you're getting him in the late, in the fifth round. That's when I'm like, ugh, he might bust. I mean, you gotta if you take him in the fifth round, you gotta have that what twenty percent. I'm gonna put it at twenty percent. That twenty percent expectation that you know this guy might get injured or this guy might might not be, you know, as what we thought he was. But I uh, I still like JJ. Don't get me wrong, I like him. Uh, all right, well. Frank, how about we uh, go to you and talk about? Let, let's see if we can spend ten minutes on this show not talking about JHI. Let's uh, try it. <laughs> let me know. How about let, let's let's make a moratorium. Let's stop talking about JHI for the rest of the show now. Okay. Can we, can we do that? Can Are you we? That upset? Are you really that upset? He's no, no, not. no. I, I just feel the I feel the listeners that love or hate JJI have gotten enough of uh, enough info from us, and uh, they've got all four of our opinions. <laughs> so right. we can we can try to help them with the other you know three players in the AFC East <laughs> that are worth drafting. So, uh, I, I was just gonna leave with, with this thought about JJI. If you take them, where is current ADP is? You have to start them on a week in and week out basis. That's probably true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. It's, it can be risky. All, All right, right, Frank, you go with your uh, will not own player. I believe is the Roman numeral. I don't even know where we're at. Anymore. I think that's Roman numeral fifty-four. I think right here. Is it um, the number? That guy, the player that I will not own, is Gronkowski. God. Only because he's going at in the first round, tenth overall. Um, and I'm just not going. I see. Look at the players beneath him. I just rather have a, a stud wide receiver, stud running back, than a stud tight end. And to acquire Rob Gronkowski, some guys are just asking for the world. So it's not that he's not great. He's fantastic. He's the best player in the AFC East. But I'm not going to spend the top ten pick uh, uh, drafting him. I'd rather have Des Bryant, Allen Robinson, AJ Green. Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, Amari Cooper. Uh, yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> There's at least five, six, seven players I'd rather have more. 
yeah, I'd rather it, have Volver Gronkowski. What I find is weird is that leagues with uh, two tight ends and leagues where tight ends are premium, he still goes about the same place. Yeah. Which is really interesting to me. Yeah, me too. I found that the same thing. In standard leagues and PPR leagues and super flex leagues, he's like top six, top five maybe. Yeah, he's six, but, seven range, something like that. Right. But yeah, even in tight end premium, he's like same same zone. I've at least that's what I found for my drafts this summer. So, in, in those leagues, I still won't take him there, but I understand it a little more. Oh yeah, no, you. I mean, you understand it. I get it. He's the best tight end. He's ridiculous player. He's a top player. But I just he's, like, the tight end. He's just he's just too expensive for you, yeah, and yeah. that's that's fair. Um. I, but that's that's the same argument that you should validate taking on there. He delivers on the price you pay. He's easily the, the top tight end. Yeah, but look at like Jordan Reed last year. Exactly. He matched him or outperformed him for you know fantasy points per game and he's I think he's going Jordan Reed's going in the third round, isn't he? Fourth round. Four or two. Yeah, see I'd rather just wait and take Jordan Reed. And honestly this is I know it's weird, but this is one of those years where I feel like tight end's a little deeper. Than mm-hmm. at the top than it usually is. Like sometimes it trails off really quick, and sometimes it's just meh from like three to ten. It feels like even like guys like Ertz and Fleener and Green just have some upside that I don't mind drafting them later. Uh, maybe they're not Gronk, but I, I really like the upside of some of those guys this year. Hundred percent. You have Gronkowski and Eifert, then, Reed. There's there's yeah, five other guys. Greg Olson. I mean Travis yeah. Kelsey. You can get these players in the fourth, fifth round, sixth rounds, uh, and it's just. I mean they're barely worse than Gronkowski. You know. Yeah. I, I think the the Brady suspension looms larger with validating Gronk that position and. Gronk himself. Well, that's a good little run. I I, I think yeah. he's quarterback proof. I think Garoppolo's just gonna, you know, if you have Gronkowski on your team, how do you not throw to him? I mean, he's a beast. He's an animal. He's fantastic. He's great, but his price tag is just too much. Yeah, first round. No. All right. Well, so who's your guy? I'll hit, I'll hit my guy that I will not own, and then we'll go on to uh, Andy's sleeper. So the guy I will not own this year is Dion Lewis. Hmm. And uh, you know, you might first thing you might think of is the ACL tear, but that doesn't worry doesn't worry me as much as the competition New England has brought in. Not only is James White still there, but they went ahead and re-signed Legarrette Blunt, who I know wasn't fantastic, but he's another body. And they signed a guy that we originally laughed about, but he can do what Deion Lewis specializes in, which is catch passes, and that is Donald Brown. <laughs> now. I know. DJ I know. Foster. Come on, DJ Foster. Stop it. I'm not even worried about Foster. So, all right. <laughs> I know we laughed. We had a good laugh a couple episodes ago, but it's it's all fun and games until you're scrambling to the waiver wire to pick up Donald Brown. <laughs> so, <laughs> but really, I do think Lewis has shown he's a special player. Um, and even in Cleveland, he kind of got screwed over. He broke his leg and uh, got cut a year later. Um, but he's he's one of these guys that that can produce unlimited touches. So it's not like I expect him to be a complete shit show. It's just I think people are going to be disappointed if they draft him which with his current ADP, which is 4.6 right now in MFL 10s. So like middle of the fourth round, I mean, that's one spot behind Matt Forte and ahead of Latavius Murray and DeMarco Murray. So, I mean, for a guy that I don't think is going to be the bell cow, I mean, he's going to, get, he's going to be a producer in PPR, I believe. But 
I, I honestly, I would rather have Latavius Murray or Demarco Murray than Deion Lewis this year. Wow, hmm. I that don't is a know wow. That I agree with that with Demarco Murray, but this is real uh, anomaly because I think I agree with Scott again. I think we've been agreeing except with LeSean <laughs> <with the show laughs> McCoy. So you guys, you guys every, think Demarco or uh, you think Derrick Henry is gonna take that job? Huh? Uh, I think it'll be enough of a split that. I, I would rather have Deion Lewis's PPR points. It, it, assuming Deion Lewis comes back healthy, I'd, I'd just mother, much rather have those PPR points. And, man, he really he really looked good and elusive when he was in there. I'm totally on board with that, that Scott. Deion Lewis, I mean, come on, Donald Brown, I get it. You know, I was that yeah, guy too. I know, like, I know. Laugh all you I want. I get it. I, I have <laughs> Donald Brown on, like, two teams. But um, <clears throat> Deion Lewis was, was the man last year before the injury he's he was something i mean it's not like he was he, he didn't like you said on limited touches he he produced he was efficient everybody likes that word right efficient right yeah. dude's the dude's efficient and um that's all that matters as long as he doesn't fumble bill belichick will keep feeding him the ball right and legarrett blunt is legarrett blunt we know what he is I, I don't think he's the bell cow but i deon lewis with those ppr like scott said those ppr points I, I mean, it is troublesome or worrisome that he's going in the fourth round. I mean, on the, the fantasy football calculator, he's got he's going at 409 ahead of some like Tyler Eifert, Matt Jones, Jonathan Stewart, Greg Olson, Andrew Luck, Jeremy Hill. Those I can I can debate. I can see going ahead of Deion Lewis, but um, mm. I kind of like I I I like Deion Lewis. He's I like him this year. He's a target of mine. Yeah, okay. he's he's a target of mine too, but. Uh, I, I understand that you think that I mean there is it's New England so they bring in Donald Brown they sign a pass catcher like Dion or DJ Foster <laughs> right. who, who I like to bring up yeah I mean it's New England they got a lot of backs yeah you never know you never know what's going to happen Andy is coming off injury so I get it I get it uh, yeah. maybe maybe now we should go into uh, Martellus <laughs> Bennett uh, a teammate there of. Uh, Deion Lewis. Well, hold on, I have. Oh, oh, Andy needs to respond. Did you really mention Donald Brown though as your argument for not to draft Deion Lewis? Donald Brown, who couldn't beat out Brandon Oliver, who couldn't beat out uh, Melvin Gordon. Hey, let's a- let's ask Scott, who rode Donald Brown to second place in a league we're in. What was it? Nineteen ninety-eight. Last year. Uh, no, last year I rode Donald Brown in the playoffs to second place. In See, I told you. In a league. Y'all, un- you just underappreciate him. It's oh. unbelievable. Y'all sleeping on Donald Brown, but he's legit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he's sleeping on Martellus Bennett. Speaking of sleeping, yeah, let's hear it. Martellus Bennett. He's 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 like a top five tight end, right? He's on Patriots, so he's got to be right. I, I don't know. I mean, if you go on Patriots, if he landed somewhere else, he's going somewhere range of five to ten, no? So now you put a line I will say, I will say, he is amazing in September. Of yes, that's <laughs> true. Right, first four weeks. So I think when I, he was I, on the I, Giants, he caught I, five touchdowns in September, and then yeah. ended with five touchdowns. Yeah, he, same. Yeah, same. Almost every year of his career, it seems. It's September is his month. Maybe even uh, maybe sometimes it goes into early October. But <laughs> yeah, uh, but. I wonder. I wonder if it'll be the same in New England, or if uh, they'll try to figure out how to make him work more than more than four weeks a year. Too late. I'm changing my sleeper. I'm. I'm just. I'm just kidding. Donald Brown. Um, <laughs> Donald Brown. There we go. 
No, uh, no, Martellus Ben is is pretty stubby. But do you think it? Do you think it'll uh, harken back to the days of Gronk Hernandez, or do you think he's just because because you can get him cheap enough that he's a guy you want to put on your roster in case of a Gronk injury, and also with occasional starts against you know teams that are bad against the tight end or bye weeks injuries, whatever. Uh, is that your plan with Bennett? No, I just think he's he's a capable route runner, capable pass catcher, uh, in an offense that is going to be heavily concentrated on stopping Gronk. So there's going to be opportunities he hasn't normally been accustomed to uh, for his position. So I, I just think you know the opportunity is there for him, and he's he's in an offense that will cater to a secondary tight end, which he now gets to be. It's it's almost a luxury more than uh, a- anything else. I t- I tell you the the Patriots they do not they do not like playing by anybody else's rules. They got two tiny little wide receivers on the outside generally, and then they got these two six foot seven trees at tight end. <laughs> right. Oh. I mean he's going. I mean Martellus Bennett is going what the tw- the tenth pick in the twelfth round. That's a hundred and fifty first overall. So he's basically cheap. He's free. Yeah. Why not put him on your roster? He's going ahead of Eric Ebron. Wow, what happened to really? this guy? What's weird is because just a year wow. ago, he was like a top 10 tight end in drafts, you know? Right. Yeah. But uh, now he's in the he's in the 12th round. Um, he's like, like Andy's saying, he's free. You might as well pick him up. Uh, we got to pick up a kicker. Come on. Seriously, so it's uh, not it's not 2007. I, we were talking about. I'm looking at about the ADP. I'm looking at Graham Gano, Stephen Hauschka, Justin Tucker. I hate that that site has not been updated in six years. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott Chandler had 23 catches, 259 yards, and four touchdowns in this offense last year. Do we not think Bennett can double that? Uh, double it? He could he could surpass it, but I don't know if he could double it. Uh, let's say yeah. overtime, time and a half. Can he can he time and a half that? Yeah, uh, I think he could have six sure. touchdowns. Sure, sure. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Time is, and a half that. Is right. that is that not sleeper potential though? That is for, for no, the price. Absolutely, is. no. It's a great call. Yeah, I I don't think anyone was refuting that it was it wasn't a great call. It's definitely a great call. I just felt like I was getting backed into the J. No. Oh no 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 no! This, this is this is what we do on this show. We bust balls no matter what. Constantly. Yes, yeah, Even I if feel like right. Uh, right. Yeah, I would feel right. With Martellus Bennett, I'm I'm kind of looking at him as you're almost taking, and I understand he could produce, but I'm not sure you're going to start him uh, unless you're desperate or uh, just you already have Gronk. So you're you're just kind of looking as a handcuff for Gronk or insurance, but. You know, like Scott alluded to, with his uh, his only four, the first four weeks of the the season are usually his best. He may be without without Tom Brady that that month. So Ooh. something to think about. That is, is. I didn't even put that together. Another thing to think about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, worst segue ever. <laughs> uh, Ty, who's 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 your guy? Who's your sleeper? All right, let me get us out of the woods here. Okay, oh, it's... Oh! oh. No, it's uh, Robert Woods. That was... Uh, How long you waited all episode for that? I did not. That was on the spot. Thank you. I'll be, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I think that might have even been worse. 
<laughs> all right, so that's it for the show tonight. Uh, all right, so Robert Woods. Yeah. Uh, if he wasn't on everyone's radar before the Sammy Watkins foot injury, uh, you know, the news just broke recently, he absolutely should be now. And I, I believe that Watkins broke the same bone in his foot as Julio Jones, who else, Des Bryant, Michael Crabtree, right? Isn't that the one they broke? Yep. Um, I don't think this is a death knell, but for short term, it's concerning for Sammy Watkins. Regardless, I think that Robert Woods will hold some value uh, by himself, even if Watkins comes back strong. I mean, if you look at it, he averaged eight fantasy points per game last season. So I think that's probably about his floor going forward. And uh, his MFL 10 ADP has bumped about 20 spots over the past week. And now he's about 200th overall. So maybe he won't technically qualify as a sleeper in a month or two, but as of right now, I think he's someone you should be getting on the cheap. Yeah, yeah. I I wonder how. I mean, it's hard to tell. I'm sure this ADP isn't as reflective as the most recent drafts, but I wonder how cheap he is now. I I, I gotta imagine he hasn't like risen that much. But I think I think people who had him on their benches might be a little more wary to sell at this point. Yeah, I mean, if uh, that's yeah, we're looking at MFL tens, so it's best okay. balls, and and yeah, that was that uh, the time frame was like. Uh, May 13th through May 18th, he jumped 20 spots. Jumped 20 spots. Okay. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's that's a decent sized jump, but that late in the draft, you you, at least for me, MFL tens, I'm just grabbing, I'm just taking darts at players I like at that right. point. In the, you know, it's uh, it seems like it's more of a free for all. So, yeah, I, I I like that. I like uh, I I wonder uh. Wonder how much of a sleeper he'll become over the following weeks as more and more news comes out about Sammy or no news. But yeah. he's definitely a player to keep an eye on right now. Frank, who you got as a sleeper? All right, I have Belial Powell as a sleeper. Belial. 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 Belial Powell as a sleeper. Belial. Belial Powell. I know, damn it, I had his ADP here. I think he's going in the 12th round, 13th round. Yes, he's going at 12.03. Now, last year, I know they have they have Forte now, so uh, the receptions aren't going to be there for Bilal Powell. But maybe they will be. Who knows? Let's see what happened. <laughs> so, you know, and let's say in the, in, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six games over 14 um, fantasy points and two games at around 10 fantasy points. Late in the year, he really came on. I mean, week 13, he had 24.8 points. Week 14, he had 19.2. Week 15, 20.9. And week 16, 14 points. Week 11, 13.9 points. Week 3, 14.5 points. So whenever he played, they threw him the ball. He had a ton of targets. That's when like Chris Ivory hit the wall. I guess he hit that like sophomore wall for some reason, or that rookie wall <laughs> late in the season. And they used a lot of Bilal Powell, um, and he he produced in the and it was in the passing game, but he definitely produced in the twelfth round. Now again, Forte kind of puts a wet blanket on Bilal Powell's uh, receptions, but uh, who knows how Forte's old? Who knows what can happen? But again, in the twelfth round, you're throwing darts here. Uh, a couple spots below Bilal Powell in this ADP is Ray Rice. 
Yes. What? <laughs> just, just for a little, a little, a little nugget, a little Easter egg here. You know, Ray Rice is going one spot of ahead of who? Martellus Bennett. What? <laughs> How is this possible? Do is there is there some kind That's of That's 2016, news? right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm at it. Yeah. Standard format, 2016. 2016. Yeah, you're joking me. Yeah, through May 19th. <laughs> uh, through today. That this is, is what I'm saying. People mess around on these on these yeah. on these mocks. Wow, that's horrible. Though. <laughs> it really that's, is. That's really bad. On so many but levels. I'm actually I'm am with you, uh, Frank, on Powell. I I really liked him at the end of last year, and I I liked I I didn't love him, but I liked him coming out of Louisville. I thought he was I thought he was going to be decent. You know, a decent back. I know that our, our boy Fantasy Taz Jim Day loved Powell coming out. But yeah, Forte going there, man. If it, mm-hmm. why couldn't it have been a non-pass catching back? Really, I know, I know. Uh, but uh, if Forte, if Forte has any injury issues, or or maybe they just you know try to try to keep Forte young <laughs> by uh, relieving him somewhat. Bilal has proven it. That coaching staff knows he's a good pass catcher and he's good in those situations. That's a good sleeper. I like that. Look at that. Thank you very much, Scott. We've agreed every single time. I, I kind of dig it. Did we just become best friends? Did we just? Yup. 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 We got so much room for activities. Awesome. As the resident Jet fan, well, I'll power, this guy we've been waiting for him for a long time in New York to do what he finally did last year. So, as you guys were mentioning, bringing in Forte, it's really just kind of like yeah. It kind of put the damper on him, but again, we're talking. Would you, would you, round. as a Jets fan, would you consider Bilal Powell a rich man's Joe McKnight? <laughs> oh, damn. I was thinking deep into Jets lore. <laughs> Joe McKnight. Hey, here, here's a fun little nugget. Joe McKnight was once the number one running back coming out of high school. Yes. Wow. Yep. He was supposed to be better than Reggie Bush at USC. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, that supposed to. <laughs> yep, and, and if my aunt had bull, she'd be my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> hot take. That's a hot take. Just saying. Okay, so we're talking about stashes now, right? Um, <clears throat> Ty, Ty just gave up. Ty just, I just gave up. The inmates run the asylum here. All right, so... Our 2016 stashes in Dynasty. Just a little touch on Dynasty here. So these are guys we don't really expect to produce in 2016, but going forward, they're people we want on our Dynasty teams. Frank, who do you have? Mine is Malcolm Mitchell. Go back to the podcast and listen to Ty's biggest (laughs) bust potential. (laughs) And that's exactly why I want him for 2017. Okay. Yeah, we've talked about Malcolm Mitchell in the his pros and what we expect, his expectations for next year and for the future, just not for 2016. Okay. Well, I'm going to go on to mine, which is Dion Sims, the Dolphins' tight end. And the main reason is because Jordan Cameron is going to be out of there, ideally, after this season. He's undrafted free or unrestricted free agent in 2017. So yeah, I like Deion Sims in that offense if he can get a shot. I mean, this might be uh, might turn into like a Virgil Green or whatever uh, situation like that. Jeff Horman. Yeah, yeah, Horman. Yeah, where you're kind of just expecting these guys to step up. Maybe they don't, but right now he's free. 
Adrian yeah. Robinson. Yes. Oh my God, the JPP of tight end. I, I I was yeah, I remember that. I was gonna say Deion Sims kind of reminds me of Rob Hausler with the with the hype he, yeah. uh, he uh, had yeah. at one point, and and you kind of hope that uh, a new team he'll uh, like when that when Hausler went to the Browns, you you're like, oh maybe this will work, and but uh, yeah. Jordan Cameron might be out, and then Deion Sims. Man, I, I I would love for it. It's a it's a great, basically free. I mean, he's a free agent in some leagues. So if you got a roster roster spot, I like it. Ty, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Andy, do you have anybody? Yeah, I'm gonna go with all world Leonte Carew. Uh, okay. Since we said Tannehill was gonna be the number one quarterback, that's what we agreed to, right? Something like that. He's going to be a top-notch quarterback? Right. Yes. Yeah. According to Ty, he's going to be a top-notch, the top-notch quarterback. <laughs> right. So, with all that being said, I want the guy who's going to be catching a lot of top touchdowns in that offense. And as we alluded, 54 is his floor. That's right. <laughs> he's right. James Jones South, huh? James Jones South. I think he even might wear a hoodie. <laughs> he wears a hoodie. Scott, do you have anybody? I don't have anybody. Okay, well, thanks, Scott. No answer. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay, Andy, thank you for working through the AFC East with us. I know it was not the easiest division. I'm sorry to bring up bad thoughts about your team and uh, their hopelessness at quarterback. But um, any final words? Yeah, I got several. No, it's it's been a great joy of mine to be with you guys. Uh, I really am a serious fan of this show. I, I do listen to it religiously, and I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate well, it, bro. You're welcome. Um, no, I, I don't know. I put this on, and I, I maybe because I know you guys fairly well, I, I feel like I'm there, even though you know, I'm not there. But um, no, I, I don't know. It's just a very casual podcast, and sometimes you guys actually make good points. So, uh, <laughs> well, that's what we aim for, Andy. Thank you okay. very much. Yeah, oh, thanks for coming on. <laughs> once a show, we make good points. Yeah, every once in a while. Yeah. I wouldn't say yourself so high. Maybe once. <laughs> <laughs> once, once every couple shows. Yeah. Well, let me tell you the last thing. I, I promised I would give him a, a shout out. So, one of your friends, one of my friends, Ryan Berger, the FF Ghost. Uh, I told him I'd plug the orange report on here. So. Um, oh, if you haven't gotten it yet, get it. We'll let no. you know that we're going to get Ghost on here probably in the next few shows. Yeah, the Ghost so. is awesome, and that orange report is through the roof awesome. So's Nick Whalen's debris report, by the way. So good really? call, Andy. And great guys on top of it all. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep absolutely. Yeah. So if you're interested in snagging an SFB spot, maybe uh, hassle Andy a little bit on Twitter. His his handle is at People's Pin. That's a, People's with a Z. So get at him. Thank you for coming on tonight, man. No problem. Um, please check out Nickel Press TV on YouTube. I do uh, Hanging Einstein there, which all three of you guys were on get- as guests. So, yes. uh, yep. Awesome. Uh, if you're familiar with another industry show that delves into uh, fantasy football beyond fantasy football, that can give you kind of a reference for what my show is, Hanging Einstein. It's a good show. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. Um, yeah, and I'm doing a baseball show now on the Roto RX, uh, so having a lot of fun. Yeah. Good shit, bro. All right, well, thanks for coming on tonight, man. That's going to wrap up the show for this week. 
You can follow Dynasty Frank at Dynasty Frank. Follow Scott Fish at Scott Fish 24. Again, follow Andy at People's Pen. That's People's with a Z. Follow me at Ty underscore N underscore STL. You uh, mention me on Twitter, I will give you a free Oakstone Ashes t-shirt. Oh, there you go. All right. (laughs) We'll see you next week.